Hey guys, welcome to episode five of the Voice Over Roadmap podcast. On today's episode, we have a guest co-host, Dave Curvasier. Dave's going to be joining us to answer some of your questions about things like lack of direction in some auditions, editing your dry reads, and using a business name versus using your own personal name. We're also going to talk a little bit about social media and some other voiceover things that Dave has going on. If you don't know Dave, Dave is a professional voiceover talent and news anchor with over 30 years of experience. And he is also one of the founders of WOVO, the World Voices Organization. And he's an author. He has a book called More Than Just a Voice. So we'll be talking a little bit about all of that. And there is links to all of that stuff in the show notes for today's episode, which you can find at voiceoverroadmap.com slash 005. And if you'd like to submit a question to be answered on a future episode of the show, you can do that at voiceoverroadmap.com slash questions. And you can listen to the show on the Voice Over Roadmap website or on iTunes or YouTube. And if you like the show, please go ahead and leave a rating and a review on iTunes. So let's get into episode five with our guest co-host, Dave Cravassier. Hey, Dave, how's it going? Hey, good. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure entirely. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So uh, before we get into our audience questions for today, I wanted to just speak with you a little bit about your history in voiceover and uh, introduce you a bit to the audience. I'm sure some people are already familiar with you a bit, but for those who aren't, just kind of let them know a little bit about you and your history. So can you just speak a little bit about how you initially got into voiceover at the very, very start of your career? Well, most people probably know that I'm also a TV newscaster. I'm a news anchor at the CBS affiliate in Las Vegas, and I've worked at various other stations around the country. I started in TV uh, probably in 1980, 81, and I've been uh, knocking on that door for quite a while. And um, about 10 years ago, I started to see a a big change in the TV business, and uh, I thought, you know, I'm going to need a backup plan. I'm going to need a plan B uh, uh, for my next career. (laughs) I'm going to need to plan for something. And so I started branching off into voice acting because I thought, well, you know, it's just, uh, it's so tangential to what I'm doing in broadcasting, right? And it turned out not to be true. But anyway, (laughs) that's what some of us who are in broadcasting uh, think about voice acting. And uh, so I started knocking on that door and um, it's about 07, yeah, about 10 years ago. So, um, you know, I started just hanging out in forums, uh, listening to people who who do this work, you know, starting my own website, getting my equipment. Um, and, and it's just, I've just been at it since then. Um, that's, that's the real short history. And so were you sort of, uh, you know, testing the waters and kind of doing part-time here and there? Did you kind of just jump in? How did you sort of approach that? Oh, boy. Uh, I I believe in immersion. So, you know, I think you really can't be a success at something unless you throw your heart and soul into it. So I did that as much as I could and still hold down an eight-hour-a-day job at a TV station. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've been doing that for 10 years. It's been very frustrating at times because I want to give so much more time to my voice acting. I've discovered the joys of um, uh, freelance, you know, owning my own business, being my own boss, and and I'm anxious to jump to that. Uh, By the way, I I will be doing that uh, at the end of this year. I'll be leaving TV for good, and I'm going to jump to voiceover full-time, and I can I can give to it the, you know, the hundred percent that it that it deserves, and so um, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, and that actually kind of goes into my next question, which was going to be, you know, what are some big highlights and some milestone achievements that stand out to you? I mean, it sounds like you got one coming up, you know, making that that transition. But also, are there any, you know, sort of big jobs that you landed along the way, or just any sort of milestones that stand out to you? 
So I've knocked around a couple of different genres within a voice acting to see what I'm really good at and, and what's my bread and butter. And, you know, I've, I've, I've worked with some of the great coaches, uh, you know, that I feel are out there and Nancy Wolfson, Maurice Tobias. I haven't landed any big national spots that you've probably heard of. I've done, I've done about 50 audiobook titles. Um, you know, I, I thought I was going to be an audiobook narrator for a while. Mm-hmm. Tried that. It's, it's, a, it's a great challenge and I, and I love doing it, but it doesn't pay great and it's really a labor of love. It takes a lot of time. It's a lot of work, yeah. So yeah. I've kind of withdrawn from that era, and I've done a lot of, um, in, in fact, I've, I've really kind of focused in on e-learning because it's an easy transition for me from the news business. It's a, it's a delivery that's much the same, and I found that to be really my bread and butter. Uh, it's clients that are very reliable and dependable, and they pay well, and they, they want a similar partner. They want a voice actor who stays in touch with them and then meets deadlines, and, you know, I, I like that kind of client. I, I am still knocking away at commercial. And once I leave uh, my TV broadcasting job, I really plan to get into uh, TV imaging. I feel like my news delivery would fit well with a lot of TV stations for their uh, their promotional campaigns. So there's more work to do. Yeah, absolutely. So do you, when you're marketing yourself, sort of, you know, gear your efforts towards e-learning or, you know, towards one sector? Or do you kind of try to cast a little bit wider of a net? Uh, I have to admit my marketing is probably all over the place. I, mm-hmm. I more or less approach social media as my marketing plan, and I feel it's important just to keep a consistent presence there. Um, you know, my my persona, my profile is going to be the same whether you're on LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter. You know, I, I really try to just be professional, be businesslike. I feel like uh, I am the business, so m- my my persona, my marketing persona online is very personal because, you know, when you're hiring my business, you're hiring me. I'm the only employee. So that's yeah. kind of how I approach it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that actually is a pretty good segue because I want to talk to you also about social media and about blogging. Um, let's start with your blog. So you have a great blog um, and you blog very consistently and very frequently. So do you recommend blogging for other talent as maybe a way to increase SEO for their websites, you know, you, if you're constantly putting out new content and getting a lot of, uh, you know, keywords up on your site that can help you there, um, or any other sort of benefit for your voiceover career? I think blogging has worked well for me. It's become the center of my social media presence. So whenever I post online, it directs back to my blog. And mm-hmm. why? Because my blog is also my demo site, and it's my site for contacting me. And it's it's got it's the repository of all that is my voiceover business. So the blog helps me to achieve that goal to you know to get to to, to get people to come to my site and listen to my demos. Having said that, I just really enjoy it being a news guy and being a guy who writes a lot of uh, pretty economical copy uh, for the news business. I found blogging suits me well, and and I enjoy it. And and um, I've never taken ads. I don't try to make money off the blog. It's strictly paying it forward. It's more or less my journal. When I find great stuff, I blog about it, and then I know where it is when I want to refer back to it and you know make you know find the link. Uh, luckily, a lot of other people find it helpful too, and I've grown my subscriber base uh, quite successfully. So um, I would recommend blogging. I'm not sure you'd need to blog five days a week like I do. Um, for instance, other bloggers like Paul Strickwerda, for instance, blogs once a week, and it's a very powerful blog. Every time he blogs on Thursday, it's it's worth reading. But I just find um, my discipline has led me to a five day a week schedule. And I find it not to be 
too cumbersome. So it works for me. Yeah, no, that's, and that's a lot. I mean, to blog pretty much every day of the work week, that's a lot. Do you um, sort of plan in advance and maybe do like five of them at once and get them ready to go for the week? Or are you just every morning you wake up, you write your post and you put it out there? Um, I, mornings do not exist for me. I don't get up until, you know, 10 or 11. Uh, I blog late at night, uh, usually around midnight to one o'clock. Um, okay. cause my, my late TV news schedule keeps me, I don't get home till midnight. So, uh, that's when I start blogging and I don't plan ahead too much. I, I like to be current with whatever's going on that day or that week. I will write ahead of time a little bit, and I will plan sometimes when that opportunity presents itself. But mostly, I um, I, I kind of just watch the forums, I watch uh, social media, the news, and uh, I come up with. I, I'm always that's the thing about blogging all the time is I'm always thinking about, hey, that would make a good blog. Yeah, and it, it, it's odd. I I don't find any problem coming up with copy or coming up with ideas. It always seems to present itself once you get in that groove. It kind of works. Yeah. And so everything voiceover related is kind of fair game, or do you sort of try to, you know, lean towards one sort of, you know, niche or something in, in voiceover? Um, voiceover, uh, fair game. Um, uh-huh. I, I do vary it up with uh, product, inter- you know, product um, uh, like research reviews. And, okay. and reviews. I like to do interviews. Um, I'll post videos. I'll post thought-provoking pieces. Sometimes I'll wax eloquent about this or that uh, that bothers me or I think needs attention. I, I blog about Wovo a fair, a fair bit, World Voices Organization, because I'm the president and mm-hmm. a founder. Uh, so I find that um, uh, that provides some fodder for me once in a while, too. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, so let's talk about social media a little bit. You're also you're an authority on social media and, you know, using it as, as a voiceover talent. Do you have anything you know that sort of jumps to mind that are common things related to social media that voiceover talent either overlook or just not aware of or maybe you know aren't taking full advantage of be it you know a certain platform or just a way to use a certain platform anything like that oh boy that's all i could come up with a long answer to that question <laughs> um First of all, I, I don't think every platform necessarily needs your presence. I, I think it's important to find the platform that works well for you, and they're yeah. all different. They mm-hmm. all present different challenges. Um, I, I think if you had to choose one, it should be Facebook. It's it's the thousand-pound gorilla in the social media realm. Right, uh, right. You really have to be on there if you're going to be anywhere. Beyond that, sure, YouTube, LinkedIn for finding clients, uh, Instagram, uh, yeah, there, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's four or five biggies that I would recommend that Facebook is at the top of the list. Uh, as I mentioned before, I think it's important to be consistent in your profile, in your, uh, in your presence online, be it on LinkedIn or, or Facebook or Twitter, uh, you, you ought to have a consistent, um, profile, you, you know, keep, keep it, uh, keep it businesslike and keep a consistent message. Now, lately, I've been really, really pushing for people to come aware uh, of the video and the, the visual aspect of that. And it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough sell to voice actors because they typically think of themselves as audio people and they don't get video much. With social media these days, you've, you've got to have pictures or video with almost all your posts to even get noticed. And so I'm really, I'm really pushing that heavily in my blog, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to show that by, by the blogs that I, that I put out. Just today, I put out a blog that was strictly just video, had no voice, had a little bit of music on it. And it's just a message uh, with a video background. And uh, that is what's catching the eyes these days. Uh, we're visually oriented people, and so is our audience. And and if you want to, if you want to get uh, their attention, you got to you got to be visual. Yeah, you actually just reminded me. I used to. I mean, I haven't updated it in a while, but I used to when I would update my demo reels, I would make a video reel that was just basically like another 
commercial demo reel, but it was just, you know, little video clips from spots. And um, I'm now right. I'm thinking that that's something that I should probably go back and uh, update yeah. and get out there. Yeah. Like on a YouTube channel or yeah, like, like, I mean, there's video on Facebook, there's video on Instagram. So it doesn't just have to be YouTube. I think people who aren't very social media savvy might think that way and think, okay, YouTube's for video, Facebook is for this, Instagram's for that. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of crossover. There's a lot that I think you can do on the different platforms, you know, sort of across the board. Right. And in terms of Facebook, I mean, Facebook, you're going to obviously, if you're a Facebook user, you probably have your personal profile and you have your sort of personal life on there. And so does it sort of get muddy if you begin to use that for your business? Do you maybe recommend that like if you're the kind of person who uses Facebook for your personal life a lot and you're constantly posting and constantly sharing stuff totally unrelated to your business, then maybe that's not the place for you to, you know, work your VO business in? Or do you think that there's a way to sort of have both going on simultaneously? That's a great question. And it's, it's, uh, it's a gray area. So yeah. I, I don't particularly use Facebook for a lot of personal posts. I use it for, you know, extending my business. So I do have a business page, uh, voiceovers by Corvo, and I have my private page, which is Corvo. And uh, honestly, I haven't developed the business page much because I put most of the stuff that I want people to see about my voiceover business on my personal page. Right. Because again, you're hiring me. You're, it's, it's a very personal connection um, you know, to your clients. And, uh, and so by the same token, I don't post pictures of me drunk uh, you know, on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very careful about what, what I put online. Right. Uh, it's the old adage about... Um, uh, once it's posted online, you you can never take it back. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, so so I'm very careful about that. And and um, I would I would recommend you know if you do like to you know lay your life out online on Facebook that you have a separate Facebook page for your business and that you promote that heavily and not so much the personal stuff. The personal your friends and family will see. The business page is what you will promote to your clients and your colleagues. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I think that's good advice. Yeah. So before we just jump into these audience questions, I just want to speak a little bit about your book. You have a book called More Than Just a Voice. Can you just touch a little bit, like give us a little overview, what kind of uh, stuff is covered in there? And uh, yeah, and who's the book for? Well, look, I'm I'm kind of surprised at the sales on the book. I never expected to get my investment back, and I, I probably have now. Uh, it came out in 2014, so it's been three years, and I, I think by now I may have recovered the expenses. It's kind of expensive self-publishing. But basically the book is... Um, my best blogs. So over the years, I, I you know I've I've, uh, I, I've written some blogs that I think are evergreen. You know they're more or less timeless, right. and they apply you know to your business practices, uh, regardless of uh, what age you are or what year it is. And so um, I collected all those really the best blogs, and and I collated them into a book. So you know you you could actually not buy the book; you could just go read my blog, but you'd have to search through a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah. to get there. So I you know this is the best of the best, and I uh, I published it uh, self published. It. It's on Amazon. Uh, it's on Kindle. Uh, I also narrated it, so it's an audio book on Audible. Awesome. And um, I'm finding a really tremendous response to it. People seem to really enjoy it and find value in it, and so um, that's fulfilling for me. I, I really appreciate that. I'm getting ready to actually publish an update to the audiobook version, so I every once in a while when I really post a good blog that I think gets a good response, I'll narrate that, and I'm getting ready to self-publish, uh, not, not through Audible this time, but on my own, I'm going to uh, publish uh, an update uh, to the audiobook version. Yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, as a voiceover talent, that's obviously right in your skill set. So, so why not? Yeah, it's it's amazing to me that more people don't. Uh, yeah. you know, that I, I see a number of different voiceover books out there, and I, I don't know of 
uh, any of them that are actually narrated but mine so I, i'm like why wouldn't you yeah yeah no i've had <laughs> that same thought. yeah yeah i've seen that as well and i've thought like yeah like why don't you i mean people love listening to things these days an audiobook you can bring it to the gym in your car you know if you don't have time to actually sit and read it and if you're a voiceover talent that's obviously something that you can probably handle on your own so why not yeah right and uh would you say that the book uh sort of is for across the board experience level you know beginner talent to experience talent do you think everybody can sort of get something out of it I do. Um, I can see where a beginner talent w- would find probably more value. But, but okay. uh, you know, as I said, there are some some kind of some timeless advice and, and business advice. And, you know, the, the title of the book says it all. It's it's more than just a voice. And that, that's the that's the phone call I get every week uh, from somebody who, you know, who sounds like this. Hey, yeah. You know, everybody <laughs> tells me I should be in voice acting. Uh, what do you think? Uh, how do I do that? And I'm like, you know, buddy, um, it's it's 20% talent and the rest is business savvy. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wrote the book. It's more than just a voice. Uh, you know, you've just got to be a smart hustler as a freelance yeah. voice actor yeah. to make it. And and that's kind of the message in the book. Awesome. Yeah. So um, if people want to grab that, I'm assuming they can go to Amazon. Uh, where else can they grab that? So Amazon.com is the is the main place. You can get the printed version, uh, a paperback, or you can get the Kindle version. So just Amazon.com. You can um, you can search the title, which is more than just a voice, or you can search my name, which is kind of hard to spell, but uh, C O U R V as in Victor O I S as in Sam I E R. It's just like the uh, the brandy. So if you're familiar with uh, <laughs> Courvoisier cognac, uh, <laughs> yeah, you'll know how, you'll to, know spell how to spell it. Spell it pretty well. Uh, and the uh, and then for uh, the audiobook, it's on Audible, which again is owned by Amazon. On, but uh, yeah, they own everything, don't they? Yeah, pretty much these days. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'll put links to everything also in the show notes, so it's nice and easy for people to find as well. So uh, yeah, so let's now move on to our audience questions. So our first question is going to be our performance question, and this week's performance question comes from Ray, and he asks, it is very difficult to judge when to deliver a script in the current deadpan laid-back read that is currently the trend. There's always the danger of delivering a boring VO. He just read the line, no emotion, no effort. The few hints given on P2P sites are insufficient. My question is this. Do the big professionals get more hints, info, and direction from the clients for their reads? Um, I have a few ideas on this, but I'll let you take a stab at it first. I don't think they get any more information than you get. I, I, uh-huh. In fact, I think most of those leads get sent out en masse to you know the, all the client base. So you're getting it at the same time, you know, 100 or 200 other talent are getting it. Uh, I think the clue is if if they're amenable to it, sometimes the directions will say one take only. Right. And so you better stick with the directions. But if they don't say one take only, in fact, some will say no more than three takes. Well, give them three takes. Give them what they want on the first take. And then you can interpret and do what you do best on the second or third takes as long as they're all three different. Or even if you just send two takes, you might want to do yours first and then what they ask second. There's there's a whole strategy to that that works for some people and not for others or for one client and not for a, another one. But I think the client, hey, look, we've all gotten the directions that are longer than the copy. I think <laughs> yeah. the client doesn't know really what they're looking for. Yeah. They've got a voice inside their head and either you meet that or you don't. So give it your best. I mean, the, the best coaches will say, you bring your unique experience to the mic, so use it. Be yourself and bring what you have, and if they like it, they'll go for it. If they don't, it doesn't mean you didn't give a good performance. It's just that you didn't meet the voice in their head. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, as frustrating as it can be to have too much direction and it's like, well, you're sending me all over the place. They're kind of contradicting some of these things. And uh, a lot of times, I think this is also what Ray was speaking to in the question, is there's 
not enough direction. I mean, on P2P sites, a lot of times they'll give you maybe two adjectives and that's it for direction. And the two adjectives they give you are the same two adjectives you see on 90% of jobs, which is like conversational, friendly, you know, just very, very uh, generic sort of direction. And um, yeah, in, in answer to his question, do big professionals get more hints, info and direction? No, nah, I think we're all kind of in the same boat. I mean, um, I don't think mm -hmm. people are sending out two different versions of a job posting, one with just a couple hints and a couple, you know, notes to one group of people, and then one with really great direction to another group. It's like, you get what you get from them and hopefully it's enough to go on. And, uh, you know, you work with what you have. And obviously if they're going to give you specific instruction, then yes, that's exactly what you follow. And if they don't really give you that much instruction, you got to take what you, what you're given, um, you know, and do your best with it. And if it's a really great job that you think you'd be great for, and it's high paying, uh, you could, you know, if you want to spend a little time, do some research on your own. Some things that I've done in the past is I'll go to the YouTube channel for that company and try to see some of their past commercials in a similar campaign, just sort of get a feel for how, how they handle things, what sort of voiceovers they've used in the past, you know, just anything else to sort of give myself a little bit more direction than what's given in the job posting. But um, yeah, I think we're all kind of in the same boat in regards to that. Mm hmm. But uh, yeah, so moving on to our audio question. Uh, this week's audio question comes from Irene, and she asks, what things should be edited from a dry recording when submitting on a P2P website? Breaths, etc." cetera. Um, I'll alter that and just say what things should be edited in, in general when submitting an audition. Um, so yeah, so what do you think about that one? She, uh, she said TTC or P2P? P2P. What was that again? P2P, yeah, like an online casting site. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's actually a couple of different schools of thought on this. Uh, lately, it seems as if more people are willing to leave their breath sounds on there if they're appropriate. So um, what would not be appropriate is a big drawn in breath at the beginning of a sentence. But if, if there's a if there's a slight pause or a series of words uh, given in a row with a little bit of a breath in between that that's totally natural because as you know, most people are looking for quote unquote conversational these mm -hmm. days, and conversational includes breaths. Yeah. If you're doing audiobook demos or audiobook auditions, absolutely leave the breaths in. But again, they shouldn't be over exaggerated or they shouldn't take away the attention from the narrative. Um, so uh, other than that, you know, take out the mouth clicks, the unnatural pauses, the the false uh, takes. Uh, leave a couple of breaths in if it's especially if it's a um, it's, it's an audition for, a, you know, a natural character who's interacting with uh, the announcer or who's uh, interacting with another character. Breaths are absolutely okay. Um, and, you know, then there's the other school of thought that says, no, it should be all clean. You know, especially for e-learning, it should be all clean, no breaths. Uh, and um, you kind of have to feel your way through that. Again, uh, as you said, Michael, uh, you know, do a little research on the client. There's so many tools available on the Internet. So do a little research on the client. Find out what, the you know, their past recordings uh, allow and, and see if you can kind of find your way through that when you send your audition. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I think those were uh, two big keywords you hit was natural and appropriate, you know, just what what feels appropriate for this job. And if the breath sounds natural, and it, you know, if it's not distracting, it's not very loud, it's not sort of off putting, then yeah, then I think it's totally fine to leave that in. And then yeah, the other things you touched on mouth clicks, obviously bad takes, you know, if you're going to sort of, you know, comp from a few different reads and make one final read, then you can cut and paste your sentences that way. But um, yeah, I think that's a pretty good overview of from your dry recording in the editing stage, what you should do. And uh, again, mm -hmm. you know, the rule of thumb, if your clients gives you a specific direction, hey, we want this really clean, you know, no breaths, no this, no that, right. then for sure, that's what you do. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so our final question for today is our business question, and it comes from Eric, and he asks, should I develop a business name or brand for my VO career or just use my real name? So what do you think about this? Because I know you lean towards one of these. So what do you think? I uh, Look, I've got one of the hardest names to uh, pronounce and spell <laughs> in a business, and I, 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 I've shortened it uh, for branding purposes to just Corvo because it ends in V-O. Yeah, I like that. Um, but listen, I'll, I'll tell you a story. Um, I got a call from a guy by the name of Jeff Bolitnikoff. Does anybody rec- recognize that last name? Bolitnikoff. It's you know, it's not an easy name either, but it but it just so happens it's the name of a very well-known football player, legacy football player. And it turns out that Jeff is the nephew of that football player. And for my generation, I recognized the name immediately, Bolitnikoff. And I said, Jeff, you know, he was talking about going with Jeff Daniels or something like that. And I said, Jeff, you ought to use that. Bolitnikoff is going to be an immediate identifier. So you've got it. It's a case by case basis. I mean, most people would not use my last name because it's so hard to say, but I've shortened it to Corvo and it seems to work. Branding is important. You have to make those decisions. Some people have a slogan after their brand and and that's that can be catchy. (laughs) I like Doug Turkel's um, branding the best. He's a branding master. And of course, he's the announcer. Uh, it works great for him, and uh, he stumbled upon that first, uh, and, and uh, no one could touch it. So branding is, oh gosh, you could spend hours on that. There's a million books written about it and only about 500,000 websites that uh, <laughs> yeah. claim to be able to help you with your branding. Yeah, no, yeah, no, those are great points. Um, and also just another thing I would add is I think it's really important to keep consistency in your branding across the board. So, you know, this is whether you go with your own name or a business name or something like that. Think about that, you know, make that decision. Don't just rush into it. Think about it, because I think once you do, you should be consistent with it and stick with it. And it should be on your website, on your online casting profiles, on your social media. You know, you want to keep not even just your brand name, but, you know, uh, any images you're using, any certain, you know, colors that you like to use for your text or your backgrounds or anything. Yeah, you know, just keep it all nice and consistent. So, yeah, it's not a decision. It's not a decision just to, you know, rush into. It's something that you should really think about. But, yeah, I think it is. It's, you know, it's a preference. I don't think there's a wrong or right answer to do I use my own name or a business name. It's it's preference. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, for voice actors, that one other note about branding, there, there's always the question about, should I use a picture? Should I use a headshot? Mm-hmm. And and uh, it's it's a thorny question for a lot of voice actors because most of them think as, uh, of themselves as having a face for radio. <laughs> uh, my take on that is that um, everybody can get a really good headshot done by a professional. You've got a good side. You've got a good look. Believe me, uh, people are naturally curious about what you look like. And if you don't give them your best angle, they're going to go on Facebook and look for it. Yeah. Now, the only argument that holds any water in my book for not doing that is if you do character voices of little kids and you're 45 years old. Then there's sure, a disconnect, yeah, and yeah, I could yeah. see where you would not want to use your picture, your gray-haired picture, and you're doing cartoon voices of little kids. It happens. If that's the case, like you mentioned, Michael, use your brand. Use your brand logo and put that in, in place of your headshot. Uh, and that's just a little aside for me. Yeah, right. I've always also leaned towards actually using a headshot. Um, when I very, very first started out, I just didn't have one. So I put, you know, the same generic kind of picture that probably everybody puts of like a microphone or just something very, very generic. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but I've heard, I've heard, you know, people make cases on both sides of it. And I've always leaned towards using a headshot. Um, I think, yeah, I, I agree. I think people are curious. They kind of want to know what you look like. And yep. yeah, yeah. And especially, you know, if your face kind of goes along with your voice, um, you know, some people that's not the case, but for a lot of people it is. 
then uh, yeah, you know, it could it could also help sell you in the sense that if people just see your image, you know, on your website or something, they might mm-hmm. already know what to expect, uh, you know, so to speak. And if you're the kind of voice they're looking for, it might make them more inclined to check you out, see your website, listen to your demos, all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So that will do it for our business question. And uh, yeah, is there anything you'd like to just sort of add, uh, you know, in relation to anything, anything VO just uh, to close things out? Michael, I appreciate that opportunity. I, I would say a word about World Voices Organization. Uh, we are yeah, a nonprofit uh, industry trade association. We, we saw the need for something like that uh, a few years ago. Uh, there's four of us who founded the organization. Now we're almost at 900 members. Uh, we feel it's a valuable addition to the community. We advocate for voice actors. Our slogan is, we speak for those who speak for a living. Uh, we offer mentoring services. We have uh, various vendors who, who offer us discounts. Uh, we also give a, a technical studio approval to those of uh, those of the, who who want to do it, we uh, we're just a community of of caring people with like minds that that, that try to advocate for the profession, uh, and all the support we we can get we need, um, especially in these times where some things are happening and and changing our profession and driving down compensation rates. So uh, that's all. I just wanted to put in a slug for uh, for World Voices. You can find us at world-voices.org. You can sign up there, uh, or you can check us out. We've got a lot of resources there, and. Uh, would appreciate uh, taking a look at that if you haven't already. And and um, the only final thing I have is that if you want to check out my website, it's C-O-U-R-V-O.com, Corvo.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. And yeah, I will definitely put links to all of that in the show notes as well. So it's nice and easy for everybody Great. to find. And uh, yeah, just thank you again so much, Dave. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate you being here. Oh, it's been fun. I, I appreciate all the, those are good questions and, and yeah. uh, you're a good moderator. So thank you for having <laughs> well, me. Thank you. Thanks so much. And uh, yeah, we will see everybody on the next episode of the VoiceOver Roadmap podcast. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to episode five. And thank you again so much to Dave for being on the show. If you'd like to check out links to any of the things that we talked about, you can get them all in the show notes for this episode, which are at voiceoverroadmap.com slash 005. And if you'd like to submit a question for a future episode, you can do that at voiceoverroadmap.com slash questions. Uh, remember, you can check out the show on iTunes, on YouTube, or on the Voice Over Roadmap website. And if you like it, please go ahead and leave a rating and a review on iTunes. Thanks so much to everybody who submitted a question for this episode. And uh, make sure you guys tune in next week to episode six, where we will be answering some more of your questions, as well as doing another home studio review. So uh, look out for that, and we'll see you soon in episode six. Episode six.